Welcome. So this is the uh, the very first uh, podcast recording for In Her Skin. Um, my name is Corey Palick, and I am here with my lovely guest, Catherine Willickus. And um, just to do a little intros, um, I uh, own my own business, Glow Aesthetics, which is what has prompted this podcast, their interest in this podcast. Um, although it is an aesthetics company, we will not be talking about aesthetics the whole time. We'll talk about a lot more interesting things that women deal with uh, on a daily basis because that's life. there's a lot more interest there, <laughs> let's be honest. I am a nurse and nurse practitioner. I've been doing uh, aesthetics on the side as my side gig for approximately eight years altogether. Now have my own company. Also in conjunction was working as a heart failure uh, nurse practitioner at Morristown Hospital, which I just quit to give this business my full attention. I am also a wife of four years to Timothy Palick and a mother to Audrey Emerson Palick, who is 10 months old today. Happy birthday. Yes. <laughs> um, there's a lot more there, and we'll get to all of that, but okay. that's uh, me in a nutshell. Okay. Uh, my name again is Catherine, and I'm a friend of Corey for probably three years now. Yeah, I guess so. Um, I am a mother. I am a wife of 11 years. My daughter's name is Amelia Kathleen Willickis. I am a entrepreneur and a business owner in the equestrian industry. I own a hay company, like horse hay. <laughs> uh, it's called Equa Hay. Uh, I'm an equestrian. I have show jumping horses, and we travel. We travel uh, up and down the eastern seaboard competing. So animals are a very big part of our lives. I have been married to my husband Mark for, gosh, eight years. I've got lots of animals: horses, dogs, cats. <laughs> but yeah, that's me. All right, here we go. One more thing I wanted to answer was why I wanted to do this. Being in the aesthetics <laughs> business for a number of years now, um, I have seen, and, and just being a woman in general, um, I've seen the way that the aesthetics industry has played on women's insecurities and really tried to make it a point to do the complete opposite of that. Uh, in the way that I approach women and um, how I'm looking to help them. To that point, I've really wanted to kind of have a forum to speak more on some of the issues that women deal with day to day because I think that they're very universal to all of us, but for some reason, many of us feel as though we're dealing with things on our own. In a vacuum. Yes. And um, I would love to kind of get stuff out there to help people feel that, uh, or realize, I should say, that they're, they're not alone and that these are things that, um, that probably the majority of women think and deal with and Almost, yeah. experience. Okay. So um, that was kind of what 
made me um, interested in addressing um, those issues and this forum is kind of new and cool and um, allows us to do that and just sit down on my couch and drink wine and kind of put it out there and hope that people are interested to listen. It's a great platform. Yes. Yeah. I, well, we're buddies. Yeah. Um, I am a wife and a mother and a woman and while I'm very candid and willing to speak my mind all the time, you guys will learn to get to know my openness. Uh, I feel that being able to have an outlet to vent, uh, commiserate, uh, just share day's frustrations or triumphs, there's something nice about it that while you and I can banter back and forth, another woman sitting in Oklahoma City could be listening and being like, you know what? I can relate. Or no, I can't relate, but they like hearing comic relief (laughs) entertainment. So, you know, lots of reasons. And maybe they don't have anybody to banter with. Valid. Right. All those things. Yeah. There you go. Yep. Okay. Um, So just because this is kind of an awkward scenario to to start with, this being our first one, hopefully it won't always be awkward, Um, we have a number of questions prepared to kind of get the um, conversational juices flowing. Yes. If you would like to sure grab. This is one for you. And then I can follow up. First date with your spouse. (laughs) What was it like? Mm. Mm. And we won't, we're drinking wine here. Yes, we'll get that to you. Let me get that in there. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Okay. Well, I don't know. The short version. Yeah, Yeah. that we really had an official date. Mm -hmm. Um, My husband and I met uh, because we lived in the same. House basically, the, this Victorian house that was turned into um, apartments. I lived downstairs, he lived upstairs, and uh, the whole group of us decided to go out one night and you know get to know each other a little bit. And in doing so, we found out that we really liked each other. And um, when I got to the bar, he had just gotten himself a drink and I was walking up to the bar and he said oh like you know can I get you a drink and I said no 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 you just got yours I'll, I'll grab mine and I'll meet up with you and that scenario is something that he continually um brings up and makes fun of me for because that was uh to him me saying um f you I'm I good. can get my own I'm good. drink I don't need help right and while that is very consistent with my personality. I really didn't mean that. Sincerely, we're okay. (laughs) I really, you know, wanted him to go ahead. He just got himself. I I was good. I could could get my own. Okay. So um, that was, uh, you know, not really a first date, but that was how we did meet the first time. And then we did eventually go on somewhat of a first date after that. Okay. Very good. Very good. Uh, Mark and I were a little bit more deliberate in our actions. Mm-hmm. Um, I had been single prior to meeting him for probably about three years. Um, I had the breakup prior to meeting Mark. Um, went on to Match.com, and I wasn't husband shopping, but I was looking for something functional. 
Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll get into what that mm. means shortly. However, there's a lot of places yeah. to go with that. Right. right. So, um, <laughs> with being efficient here, so I was supposed to meet a gentleman who we'll call John um, on a Monday. I was going away the weekend prior to an equine competition in, in northern upstate New York and basically corresponded with Mark and said, I'm so sorry, I can't meet you. Um, how about Tuesday for coffee? He's like, well, where are you going all weekend and what's wrong with Monday? And I was like, well, aren't you a little presumptuous? So he ended up coincidentally having two siblings who are both sisters who actually are playing in the same equine realm horsing that I do. The sister happened to have been at the competition that I was going to. They, our circles had crossed paths. So I say, well, I'm going to be up there. He's like, well, so am I. Now, mind you, he hadn't been to an equine competition probably nine years. He drove three and a half hours for a blind date to wow. meet me. Our first interaction, I was on a horse in full costume, <laughs> sweaty because it was the middle of July, and so-and-so says, everybody knew we were, this was transpiring. So-and-so says, oh, Catherine, aren't you here to meet Mark? And I looked down from the top of my horse and there was a tall, dark-haired man holding a dog next to me. Now, mind you, I was taller than him because I'm on a 1,200-pound animal. So that was interesting. So later that night, back at the hotel, my girlfriend was like, are you going to go? And I was like, I don't want to. I was lazy. I was hot. And I just showered. It's so funny. I said the same thing before I met Tim. I didn't, I didn't want to go out that night. Mm-hmm. So I literally threw on, you know, random jeans, t-shirt, flip-flop. And we went to <laughs> the Red Onion, which is actually a really nice restaurant up in um, Woodstock, New York. That's the area we're near. And we went on a date, a blind date, kind of blind date. And, uh talked about everything. Well, now you were eye to eye as opposed to... Well, right. Now I was not... not down correct. Him, like a servant. <laughs> right. Like right. a servant. Um, and then the rest was history. We had dinner. We then subsequently went to the bar of the Holiday Inn where his family and sisters were staying. We drank the bar closed. <laughs> um, as he says, I ate his face making out with him <laughs> drunk as I left him in the parking lot. And um, saw him every day thereafter. <laughs> there you go. There you go. There you go. Nice. Question one in the books. Moving on. <laughs> Both of those stories have more details to them. Yes, but, you know, but we'll, we'll get, get to those. We, at some we point. will. We'll elaborate yeah. in yeah. chapter two. Yes. Go ahead. Your turn. <laughs> oh God. Uh, what would you tell your teenage <laughs> self? Wow. Um, well, we'll keep it G-rated since this is chapter one. Uh, you don't have to. No? No. Okay. This is for real. Okay. Okay. So a, a topic that Corey and I will both get into much detail with later uh, mm-hmm. is... We'll definitely have a full podcast on. Good. Yeah. Is fertility uh, or infertility in her case and in my case. Uh, so what I would tell my teenage self... Uh, that my reproductive organs don't work to the capacity that the normal person does, and I probably would have spent a lot less time worrying about conceiving as a early adolescent <laughs> into my college years. I could have spent money on all the things versus pregnancy tests, 
and I probably would have just had a lot of sex. <laughs> but yes. protected. Protect. Yes, but, you know, protect, but, but not as much. I would protected. I, I wouldn't have been so worried about you know um, not having the right timing in conceiving a child. I would have just been a lot more blasé about it. There you go. There you go. There's a lot of things, but the the one that comes to mind at this moment is that um, not to plan so strategically because shit's not going to work out the way you think. It's going to work out great, and it's going to work out as cliche as it sounds mm-hmm. and uh, the way it's supposed to. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's, it's not gonna be this, this thing that you can sit down and write on a piece of paper in this organized manner, the way I literally did my entire life as a teenager and, okay. uh, and young adult. Okay. Um, literally I'll, I'll share this little piece because this is, this kind of, I think paints an interesting picture of me. Um, when I was, you know, uh, 10, 11, mm-hmm. when you would go to your friend's house to sleep over, I would write out an agenda, um, with specific times of what we were going to do at each time. A planner. Yes. Mm. Whether it was watch a movie, play a game, eat popcorn, whatever it may be, I had specific times and the activities listed. And as that changed, I would adjust it, but I would have to make sure to erase and you know change the times without getting all psychological. Mm. The I have a psychology degree. Not that that means anything. So anything, do I. right? <laughs> but that is probably a great coping mechanism yes. or mechanism that you internalize and then executed because having order and control is so safe. So safe. It, it yes. So I, safe. when you don't have order and control in your life, right. you find a way to create it in but, whatever but that way is. You, can. you have to, in order to stay standing. Correct. Up. So, yeah, so that was me at 10 or 11, so imagine, you know, that progressed, and so I had very distinct goals and times and, you know, objectives uh, with my life and career Mm -hmm. and and all of those things, which I met uh, with a lot of career-wise and life goals, but then I realized, oh, shit, maybe I should have factored in um, a little bit more happiness. Mm. And I think that that rounds me back to what I would say to myself as a teenager is that um, taking into account your happiness Mm -hmm. and trusting your gut. Damn right. Is paramount. Yes. Yeah, I agree. Chapter question. All right. Hardest part about being a wife. Hmm. You want to take that? Probably. <laughs> um, well, in my in my life, um, I am a mother and a wife and a business owner. Um, I'm also responsible for half a dozen 
animals, large and small, <laughs> which makes me sound a little bit like a zookeeper. I am not, I swear. Um, my house is very clean. My house is very clean. It sounds like it would be dirty, but it's no, not but most, at all. No, most of the animals live <laughs> at a boarding facility. But um, there's a lot of time and responsibility and selflessness that goes into having all these animals. It's a choice. It's a gift. But it's time. Uh, so I think the hardest part about being a wife, uh, in my case, is I do it all. I'm good at it. I don't need help. But when I have a husband who does all of the things that he does well, but it's not that he has to do pull his weight or I have to pull my weight. There, there's a there's a balance, and it's not 50-50, 60-40. There's just a a harmony, like a tug and a flow of a marriage and a relationship. And so when you, the conversation I had with my spouse prior to coming here this evening, <laughs> I don't want to, I want you to kiss me on the back of my neck in the morning, smack my ass, say, I'll see you later and him go off to work and me be the primary and sole caretaker provider for our home, my hay business, my child's life, all of the animals and all the things. Um, I don't want to be a mother. I don't want to have to be... Not the, to him. To him. I don't <laughs> want to have to be the literal and figurative post-it note mm -hmm. of his life. I don't want and to a have... a nag. That's what... Ugh, I don't... Who wants to be well, a nag? That, like, that is what I am. Don't turn me into a nag. But that's right? what I am, right. and I don't right. want that. Don't make, don't make me into this, because truly, how many nights in a row, weeks on end, do I say, hey, it's your turn to grab milk. Get almond milk and get milk for, the, for our daughter. And he'll forget. Literally, every week for like the past six times, the man has forgotten to pick up the fucking milk. Or, <laughs> prime example, this evening, we've been talking about me joining Corey for this inaugural podcast session. <laughs> Please be home by 5 p.m. He strolls in at 5.45. Oh, well, I thought you wanted me to leave work around 5.15-ish. So the hardest part about being a wife is having a rational balance of expectations, of demands, of not being a nag but having standards. Marriage is hard, folks. Being a mm -hmm. wife is hard. There you go. That's my, that's my, <laughs> my take. Yeah. You know, I, I said to my husband, Tim, before we even had our daughter, um, I kept saying to him, once this child comes, we have to be very diligent about maintaining our relationship, mm -hmm. going out on dates, having times when we actually speak to each other, um, not about the child, mm -hmm. um, you know, really taking time. And I think he, you know, he like, yeah, yeah, whatever, kind of like didn't get it. Mm -hmm. um, and I, you know, reiterated that that doesn't mean that we're taking time away from loving our daughter no. because you have a child and you love them immediately. It's That's not the point. Right away, immediate for the mm -hmm. rest of your life, always. Mm -hmm. Um, the love for your spouse is not that way. You have to choose it. And work at it. Every day. <laughs> and, and, and that's when you really love somebody. You still have to do it. That, you know, that 
it's, it's still the case. It's a right. test. Yeah. And um, and I think that now that we've had her, he understands much more of what I mean mm -hmm. because it's very very easy for days on end to go by without us having real conversation. Mm -hmm. um, we talk about our daughter. We talk about business. Business. Um, but having a real conversation amongst ourselves um, about us is. Or laughing about something or, or, silly, yeah, like absolutely. authentically, absolutely. just in the moment, absolutely, with no other shit involved. <laughs> that is, um, you know, that that's more difficult, mm -hmm. and you really have to to make it a priority. And um, totally, I think that if you don't, you're setting yourself up for disaster, regardless of how much love there is, regardless of how good a relationship you have, all those things. I agree. Because just like a friendship. It's a choice that you're making to maintain that relationship. Yeah. Always. Um, you know, plenty of people get divorced that really like each other a lot, but it just doesn't work. Yeah. You know? Right. Um, so so it's, it's definitely something that you have to work at every day. Yeah. And to, you know, Catherine's point, not being made into a mother figure in that scenario is mm. really important because holding on to being a woman being um and being sexual mm -hmm. and being um all the things that you know initially brought you together even though that morphs and changes of course is really important mm -hmm. and when you're when you are a mother already mm -hmm. um you feel so like frumpy in that role sometimes and so you know focus in that role things shift, yeah. and you know priorities change mm -hmm. obviously you're not going to care about you know having a full face of makeup on when your daughter has a dirty diaper no. and is crying and needs to be right. fed and everything right. like you know that shit goes to the wayside so mm -hmm. still being able to feel like a woman when you have poop on your leg mm -hmm. that's not yours mm -hmm. is important right wiping's hard yeah we're going to go to our next question, but my, my take-home point when I'm having a really frustrated day is I want a wife. <laughs> I got the short end of the goddamn stick. I'm sorry. We get married. We get the rock on our finger. We get the big wedding. I had fireworks at mine. It was a big freaking to-do. He, he got a wife and I got a husband, and I'm not saying that getting a husband isn't um, fundamentally epic and a big deal, but I want a wife. I want a wife. I want another one of me to run around and do all the things that I don't want to do. Anyway, yeah. I want a wife. Not yeah. all days, but some I days. I hear you. <laughs> I hear you. Okay. You gotta find that bitch. We do. We'll share her. <laughs> um, oh. What role should a man play in your life? Yeah. Um, I'm assuming that's a husband. Okay. Um, and my answer to that would be a partner. Hmm. Um, to kind of piggyback on the last question, yeah, because we don't want to be mothers to our husbands, we would like partners from our husbands. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I mean, I, I'm sure a lot of women out there feel the same, but I can definitely speak for both of us that mm -hmm. we could most certainly take care of ourselves. Mm -hmm. This is not an issue of you know, this is not 1950. No. We don't need somebody to put food on the table. No. Um, we need somebody to... Be saying, there. Super cheesy. like And fulfill us. And, and, and 
partner with us to uh, companionship a life that we both are happy right. working right. on both of our happinesses right um, and and again that that constant check in mm-hmm. um, how are you how are you you know are you getting everything you need right okay and an interesting dynamic so Corey Tim is Corey's husband Tim is helping Corey fundamentally with all of the marketing um Corey's the artist behind some of the techniques that she does but the bigger lifestyle brand that is trying to be created here and um brought to the forefront of women's attention Tim is a backbone of that and he's very good at that because he's an integral part to your business my life um my husband and I work integrally together in the company that we have which is our hay company. And so while I'm in, um, I'm at the party. I know all the people I'm the, I know all the contacts, my face and my reputation and my name is how I'm getting in the doors to all the people to sell our product. My husband is the math guy. My husband is a logistics guy. Mm -hmm. So together we create this well-oiled machine and it's actually proving to be successful, but we work. Mm -hmm. I talk to him 14 times a day on the telephone Mm -hmm. and I come home and I look at him and I want to be like, (laughs) um, and then it's our child and then we put her to bed and then he sits down on the couch and for the first time all day, he decompresses. And for the first time all day, I decompress, but and then you have nothing left. But there's sometimes. nothing left. Right. And then we both shower. And on a rare occasion, we're both clean. And we both have remote energy. And we'll... Have sex. We have sex, maybe. But we're usually, like, <laughs> mid... Mid... Like, late night, early morning. Because we we needed to sleep some hours before we could, like, remotely <laughs> close to have enough energy. But, um... But, yeah. I think the dynamic of our relationships is both of our spouses are very similar and we work together. We both have, you know, one child, similar stories, similar patterns. So I would say that my response would be very similar because we are very similar. And, you know, it, it puts, it, it puts another, uh, spin and dynamic into the relationship that's, you know, marriage is already complicated on its own. Yep. Um, and then to put into that the business aspect, mm-hmm. um, being business owners, um, it, it um, is awesome in a lot of ways. Great. Yeah. Um, be, especially when you compliment, you know, Tim and I are very similar as far as he does a lot of, you know, the logistical mm-hmm. piece. Um, he kind of, to be honest, saw in me what I was doing but not necessarily um, uh, cognitively processing what my why was and what I was doing. He saw the bigger picture. He helped me um, realize, Mm -hmm. you know, you know, what my real purpose was in in this work and in this business. Mm -hmm. And um, so, so that piece is, is really cool. Um, However, you know, there's a dynamic that gets um, difficult when you're, partnering in life and partnering in business and in parenting and in parenting <laughs> all this and all you know you're you're not always going to love what 
that other person is maybe bringing to the table in every moment in that. And sometimes that's tough. Yep. Um, I know we actually recently um, hired some um, some guys to help us with strategy, mm-hmm. and in that strategy, it's it's kind of allowing them to step in as um, mediators hmm. to some degree. But that's healthy. That's a good. Is, that's a great idea. Yeah, great idea. Which was um, which has been pretty help helpful. Yeah, um, absolutely. They've kind of given each of us tasks independently, and then they will check in on. They're mediators, yeah, yeah, exactly. Good idea. So it's 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 a good thing to do, um, you know, because at at some point you have to stop and just be husband and wife. Yeah, that's getting back to the husband, right? You have to be. But again, even if it was only four years ago or eight, nine years ago, whatever it was for myself, a lot of life happens mm-hmm. from the day that you looked maybe your best or felt your best or we're on the biggest high from you know the day and the dress and all the things right (laughs) life life there's a lot of life that takes place from that first look to where we are and sometimes that brings you closer right and sometimes it makes you want to punch each other in the face yes (laughs) on that note we're going to go to our next question okay What should self-care look like for a woman? Um, so I'll take, I'll start okay. with this one. Um, I'm going to speak from personal, my personal self. Um, I have always been interested in makeup and hair. I learned how to French braid, not because my mother was a good mother and braided my hair every day and sent me to school in pretty bows. She was an entrepreneur and she worked. I learned on my dolls. I was the girl in high school who, prior to all the fancy dress, the cotillions and proms, you know, I had eight or nine girls' hair and makeup that I would do before. I was the girl who pierced girls' ears and navels. Like, I did all the things. (laughs) Like, all of it. I did all of it. And I loved it. And I was good at it. Um... You know, I had tweezers before any of my friends. Like, I just was, like, up on it. Mm-hmm. So, um, my self-care regime might be, um, and has maybe always been a little bit more thorough mm. uh, than uh, one of my peers, per se. Um, in my line of work or uh, extracurricular activity, which is, like, the horses, uh, it's predominantly an outside activity, and it is quite taxing physically. Uh, so a lot of my peers look a lot older than they are. And they're not waxed and stretched and plucked. and <laughs> Maybe not so much. Um, so, you know, I guess the aesthetic side or the the competency of using estheticians i didn't mm-hmm. ever have great skin as an adolescent so um getting facials was part of my routine to sustain clear skin as a you know a teenager mm-hmm. uh but i also got an in mm-hmm. and i got a taste for it mm-hmm. and i realized that from being told as a young child with these older women working on my skin Good for you. When you're older, this will pay off. Right. But I also enjoyed it, was relaxed by it, saw the benefits, and I kept doing it. So now as a 36-year-old woman, I am as vain as they come. Um, 
I'm not unattractive, but there's always room for self-improvement. And so I don't get up in the morning and put on my eyebrows or my eyelashes or my lipstick for anyone else. I put it on for myself. So when I look in the rearview mirror, I don't scare myself <laughs> and then subsequently scare the person at the Walmart while I'm picking up the paper towels. <laughs> uh, so I think self-care is... Um, as much as a personal choice and investment as everyone's on fingerprint, you know, what, how much priority do you put into that is your own, it's your own fabric. I enjoy the process. I enjoy feeling good about myself. I enjoy the satisfaction in a good procedure, a good pedicure, a good haircut, even though I cut my own hair, shocking. Um, I'll cut your hair. Um, but so yeah, I think self-care is very much specific to the person. I do feel like sometimes self-care as a wife, mother, equestrian gets um, thrown to the wayside maybe because an excuse maybe some of your clients feel that if they are not like myself, who's been up on it from the mm -hmm. time that they were young, they don't do anything. And then all of a sudden at the age of 40, they're like, oh my God, Coralie, help me. Mm -hmm. um, but again, I think it's it's very customized to the woman specifically. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, so what I would say first to address the format of this question what should self-care look like for a woman? I would say the relevance of this question is that women have a very, not always, but oftentimes have a, a difficult time with self-care. Mm -hmm. So I think the relevance of what should it look like for a woman not to say that women need something per se different in self-care than any normal person would need in self-care because I think, again, self-care is different for each individual. I agree. I think that women need to, and this is something I um, deal with a lot in my, um, in, my, in my business, is reinstating to women that, that it's okay to <laughs> participate in self-care mm -hmm. and oftentimes women are into their 40s or 50s or 60s before they're coming to mm -hmm. to me mm -hmm. and realizing that they would like to do something for themselves um, because they've never allowed it to happen in the past mm -hmm. um, for a number of reasons um, and most often that comes down to some form of guilt. Hmm. Um, guilt because they are typically taking care of other people mm -hmm. and they don't feel, um, honestly, I think they don't feel, feel worthy. it worth it. Worthy. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. They feel that, and even, to be honest, even somebody like yourself, mm -hmm. who has been on top of it since they were very young, mm -hmm. you describe yourself as vain. Mm -hmm. Why are you vain? Because you want to take care of yourself. Like, there had to be somewhere in there in your brain okay. that you had to kind of knock yourself down okay. for allowing yourself 
to take care of yourself. Interesting. Why is that? Right? I never thought of it that way. Well, maybe to make this conversational, um, maybe my peers, maybe, maybe I am an anomaly in a little bit of a way because maybe because I've always been into it, good at it, enjoyed the process, Mm -hmm. enjoyed, you know, going to the Walgreens at midnight when you're in college and buying all the things and just trying trying all the products (laughs) just because you could. Like I, you know, we we live in in a very quaint little home, but I don't have all the space now. But prior to moving out of my mother's home, I had bathrooms. I mean, product, but I've always had a interest in Mm -hmm. it. Um, But I feel uh, maybe the vain comment because my peers that I grew up with in high school, college, and even early after college, none of my peers were that were equestrian related ever even, like they brushed their teeth and they walked out of the door in the morning. I would always, mm. I had a routine. I had a skincare routine. I always put some form of makeup on because I enjoyed it and I like putting it on. That's kind of what I just did. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I bleach my teeth or wax my upper lip or, you know, put some weird mask on my hair. Um, and they would always make fun of me chuckle, but then like ask for help. Mm-hmm. But, oh, it's just Catherine. Like if I open the door mm-hmm. at a hotel and I looked like, you know, Mrs. Doubtfire with all the <laughs> shit, um, that was me. And they right. knew that it was me. But if they ever needed help, I'd be the first person they came to. Mm-hmm. If they ever needed advice or suggestions, I'd be the first one they come to. But I was maybe a little bit on the spectrum far over here. Right. If this is normal, I was always maybe a little bit, maybe my, in my next life, I'll come back with an occupation like glow because <laughs> I would just do all of it and know all of it. But, but, but it just, it, it begs a very interesting question. And to be honest, it's, um, a topic I, I would love to, um, to, to have a, an entire episode mm-hmm. on, which is, um, judgment, hmm. you know, mm-hmm. um, Judgment, um, I think that all people deal with judgment and it debilitates them mm-hmm. to a lot of um, degrees in their life. Mm-hmm. And I think that men absolutely deal with it, but I also think that women um, deal with it on a different level mm-hmm. because we bring it onto ourselves. Well, we are our own worst critics. Right, 100%, right? So we have that. And then we That's have internal. this whole right. thing of... Of women on women mm-hmm. that happens. Well, then where for, like look at this. Yeah. So so they come to you for help, but yet they're like, oh, that's Catherine. Mm-hmm. Oh, right. whatever. You know, so you feel this like weird judgment that makes you uh, describe yourself as vain mm-hmm. because that's mm-hmm. what mm-hmm. you've been shown. Mm-hmm. Like you like these things because you're vain, right? Um, or versus just liking them to just like them. versus just liking them and just right. feeling good about it. I'm like, good for her. She looks great. She she feels really good. That's right. awesome. Right. You know, there there always has to be this this reason or judgment yeah. associated with with mm-hmm. feeling good, and that's such an issue that I have with with women. There should be no in the, shame in the women population. Yeah. If you feel good and look good, own it, and and that that circulates together. Why should you feel shame in that? You shouldn't. And there. And there is there is that, mm-hmm. and it's just it's so not fair, no. and this is exactly why 
there's, uh, you know, th things like, you know, uh, they, for, for whatever reason, doing your hair and maybe your nails has, has kind of escaped at this point being completely judged. No, that seems, that's the status quo now. That's okay. Yeah. Beyond that, lashes, Botox, microblading. All of the fun things. Filler. <laughs> you know, all of the newer technologies really that are out there to let us play. Let us play. Right. But to us, it's play. To us, it's enjoyment. To us, it's fun. To us, it's one less step in the morning that we would do anyway. But she and I might be, you know. But, but, but why? But see, but, see, you need but it. You, why, you're finding but, a reason to justify but it. But why? But maybe it's because we truly innately like playing in that sandbox. And to, right. for other women, but here's the other thing. Yeah. <laughs> um, we both are confident for whatever reason. In general. Okay. Okay. We, we have our idiosyncrasies and we have our weaknesses in our moments, but we are both articulate. I'm, I'm making a generalization about both of us and mm. I'm putting me in the own category. Okay. Articulate, intelligent, self-driven, attractive, um, and like to play in that sandbox, which is beauty, which is aesthetics, which is self-care. Self-care. Mm -hmm. Um, I think for some women, it might be overlooked because they don't feel worthy. They're insecure. There are reasons why they don't, maybe they haven't blossomed out of their shell yet. You know, they're no, they're still the caterpillar. They're not mm -hmm. the butterfly yet. And I think for some women, maybe spending the time or the money, they feel like they're not worthy because maybe deep down in their guts, they're just not feeling like they're worthy. Maybe like you and I feel like we're worthy and we're empowered and we want to look in the mirror and feel like we're hot. We want to look good for ourselves and then for others. Like I, I, people will make comments and they'll, they'll be like, well, you know, my husband will make a comment about something and I'm like, I'm not doing it for you. Right. I am not doing this for you. This is for me. Right. So when I look in the mirror or when I look down or whatever, like, why do I try to eat healthy and why do I try to take care of myself? It's for my own body. We all get mm -hmm. one. We get one go with this. We only get one. Mm -hmm. We get one way to get there. Yep. So I take care of it because I want to. Right. And I'm passionate about it. Not, but maybe there's a level of security behind it that gives, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe, maybe I'm just generalizing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, maybe, um, you know, I think that that's, you know, that's, uh, that's a, that's a deeper area to mm -hmm. explore for mm -hmm. sure. And, you know, I mean, looking at the two of us, I think that there's probably a lot that's happened to us mm -hmm. that has allowed for us to go there. Probably. Okay. Um, yeah. you know, I will say that when it comes to the category of self care, quote unquote, in right. general, right. it's not the same for every person and that it's not this, and it's not the same for every woman. Right. I think that what is the same mm -hmm. for every woman is regardless of how hardcore they go at it and how staunchly they say, this is what I want to do, mm -hmm. um, there's either a piece of them that feels guilty for it mm -hmm. or 
somebody in their life that is trying to make them feel maybe a little guilty for it or so internal or guilt and external guilt it's one or the other okay or or both okay and and that's where i have such an issue mm. because and i again i don't want to make this a, a woman man thing because i don't feel like it's the men that are doing this to us i feel like more often it's women that are doing it to each other but men so I'll pause for a second and kind of go back to something really quickly. I was asked not too long ago uh, to, to categorize um, my clients as far as um, typically who does what and why. Demographically. Yes. Okay. Um, but for women, it's more about making themselves feel good. Mm-hmm. Yes. Men, it's all about Hooking being... You know, um, attractive to the opposite sex or or the same sex, whichever, but being attractive to somebody else. But the difference was, men had no qualms about it. No qualms about the money they were spending, doing it in general. Once they made the decision, that was fine. They was fine with it. Okay. There was no guilt. Okay. Men had no guilt with making this decision for whatever reason they're making it, which okay. typically rounded around the same topic. Okay. Versus women had numerous different issues of why they were doing it at the different points in their life. And almost all of them had some sort of guilt associated with it. So almost like they had to justify it. Almost every woman gives me a story as to why. Isn't that interesting? And explaining themselves. Yes. And it kind of breaks my heart. Yeah. But that's why we're here. So, I think that's maybe a good place okay. to end. Perfect. Okay. So, closing notes. So, closing notes are, I don't know, there's a lot there. You want, Would you like to close? Sure. Um, thank you all for joining us this evening to open up a very vast topic. Uh, this is just chapter one for Corley, and hopefully I can come back again and commentate on yes. and give some anecdotal funny stories. Um, but I think the take-home point is that being a woman, regardless of your age or race or marital status or status of being... Uh, a, a parent or trying to be a parent or you whatever the circumstances are being a woman is hard it is so hard and life is hard let's back it up life is hard and being a woman is complex I'm gonna use that word instead and so uh, lots more to come uh, lots more topics and categories to discuss but we look forward to it and we'll talk to you soon Thank you so much for joining us. No problem. And yeah, this is really exciting. This is the first episode of In Her Skin. And I really want to preface that the reason we're choosing that title is because there is something so um, complex, Mm -hmm. to use your word, Mm -hmm. 
and incredible about being in the skin of a woman. Mm -hmm. um, we're pretty amazing creatures. Um, and I think that we really need to acknowledge that mm -hmm. and let go of a lot of shit and talk about a lot of shit and realize that we're not alone and we are all so much more similar than we realize. And worthy. And worthy. Yeah. And we need to stop judging each other yeah. and stop judging ourselves yeah. and uh, pursue some happiness and kind of celebrate that. So, um, and, you know, and again, the my point in my business of um, helping women feel great is for them to feel great in their skin, mm -hmm. whatever that means. If that means a unit of Botox in their forehead and that makes them walk away feeling fabulous in their skin, Own it. then boom. Awesome. So feel awesome. great in your skin, ladies, and awesome. we will talk to you soon. Have a good night. Thank you. Mm -hmm.